Hi everyone, this is Mark Guy with Speak Brave Podcast. Hello everyone. It is a pleasure to welcome you to another episode. And as always, I have my trusted friend John. Hello everybody and good day to you. Good day, good morning, good evening, whatever it is that you are on. Because the podcasts, they live forever. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how we can live forever too, John. It'd be a good idea also to let our listeners know who may have been joining us for the first time and have only just recently heard about you. Where can we find the Mark Guy Speak Brave podcasts? Because there are a number of locations that they can be found. And you want to sh- not just subscribe, but you want to share with friends and bring more people into the tribe. Exactly. Thanks, John, for bringing that question to me. You can listen and subscribe to Speak Brave Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or just do Google search on Speak Brave Podcast. And there's many other platforms and outlets where you can become a subscriber and become part of this movement. And I'm so excited that you're part of this group because this podcast is for you. John and I work really hard to bring you the best possible topics and research and when we started this podcast speak brave was just an idea because a lot of times fear paralyzes us it paralyzes you paralyzes me and we have our own demons our own fear that is real Mm -hmm. and that fear precludes us to being the very best that we can be living big and i think fear forces us or creates environment that we have to play small and Speak Brave is a journey, is a journey to become yes. the best possible person you were meant to be. Whatever that is for you. You want to be a better speaker? This is your podcast. You want to be a better leader? Absolutely. Listen to every week and share with friends. And thank you, John, for being here. Yes, I could pleasure. not have done this without you. It is a pleasure to be here with you. I am looking forward to today's program Yes. May I just kind of give a little bit of a clue to your listening audience as to why it is significant to me. At the date of this recording, Mm -hmm. we are just having come out of a weekend where we got to enjoy something that we always enjoy. Those of you that follow us know that Mark and I are members of Toastmasters International And in this local area of Central Florida, we are a member of a number of Toastmasters clubs. These clubs are varying in size and their personality, diversity in their uh, philosophies and ideas, even in the challenges they present and the opportunities that are present for us. And although people would say we are accomplished communicators and excellent speakers, and thank you, by the way, for saying that, The thing that Mark and I believe, and I think I can share this and include you in it, Mark and I have always been seekers of knowledge. We have always desired to increase not just our knowledge base, but also our performance capabilities so that our message can become more compelling, more attractive, and more galvanizing in the lives of the listeners as well as the viewers that watch the videos that we have the opportunity to produce. So this past weekend as Toastmasters, we attended a session that is referred to affectionately as TLI, which stands for Toastmasters Leadership Institute. 
Yes. It's a fancy name, but what it is, it is a gathering of Toastmasters from a specific regional part of our state of Florida, mostly central Florida. And it is for the training first of the club officers because Toastmasters has a mandatory requirement for club achievement that among the goals is that the officers attend two officer trainings during the Toastmasters mm-hmm. fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Both of them are required because then if the, to- if the officers attend, they gives the club a designation or a point or a goal having been met as a club towards achieving the Distinguished Club Program Award. Yes. And so we're there for that, obviously. But also, these TLIs have become a drawing card for Toastmasters not just interested in leadership, Mm -hmm. but Toastmasters interested in increasing their education, Mm -hmm. increasing their communication, increasing their knowledge and expanding and stretching themselves and even moving into areas where they're going to take risk and confront their fears more directly. Mm -hmm. And so there's great workshops there that have nothing to do with officer training, but have everything to do with the message of Toastmasters, where leaders are made absolutely and so you were involved in that as a facilitator you actually conducted a workshop Mm -hmm. a 40-minute workshop that afternoon before we finally adjourned and i was delighted to have had the pleasure of being a participant in that as a listener and also because of your engaging style Mm -hmm. we had the opportunity to interact with you as you were taking us through this lesson so that juice, that energy, that fire that you set with that wonderful message is still burning in me, and I know it's still burning in you. So That's amazing, I just John. wanted to let you folks know yeah. that Mark's going to talk more about that today. Mm-hmm. And I want to point out something. You don't have to be a Toastmaster for this to be something that can be incredibly beneficial for you. Yes. I have learned that if there is one thing that we want to try to help people overcome, it's the fear of speaking. Yes. And to do that, it requires courageous communication. It it requires communication at a level that is not where you are currently at. Yeah, you're moving into an area that is definitely not your comfort zone. Yes. There's an interesting relationship that I have, probably many people can relate to, there's an interesting relationship that I have with my comfort zone. I don't know about you, John, and I want you to echo this um, as this podcast unfolds. I'm looking forward to hearing yours um, first. The comfort zone, first question that comes in my mind is this. Okay, so I'm always in my comfort zone. I always stay in my lane. I always do the same things over. And But deep down inside, I wish I could be better. I wish I could take more risks. I wish I could say yes more or no more. Mm. Whatever it is, something that is opposite of what I do. Whatever Mm. that you do, do the opposite. Mm. And when you do the opposite in in, in aspirational ways, not in the reckless ways, but in aspirational Mm -hmm. ways, when you take that assignment, do the volunteer work, or sign up for something that you're not comfortable doing, but you know that this will expand expand your thinking i believe we're lifelong long learners john Agreed you too. are i am everyone and if you do things the, the same way over and over again you get the same result mm-hmm. 
Now, that's what I'm thinking about comfort zone. So I have this interesting relationship. I'm sure audience has that as well. And thanks, John, for bringing this out. The topic of this podcast is very specific. It is how to manage, how to how to live and how to take control of your body language mm-hmm. in high stakes situations, which could be public speaking, giving a presentation at work, at church, in the community, uh, also interpersonal, interpersonal communication where you are a leader or maybe you communicate with leaders and you want to make sure that you show up at your very best, not in your worst. That's the, that's the basic message of this podcast. And I'll start off right away. John, have you ever heard a statistic which has been accepted as gospel by some body language experts and other communication authorities is that 7% of the message when we communicate is communicated through words. Have you heard that? I have heard it. Okay. Do you believe it? There was at one time when I did believe it, but I have to confess, having listened to you, that specific statistic cannot be verified conclusively. Exactly. I love the psychology and the communication field because you can write a book, you can write 10 books, but at the end of the book, you can just put this disclaimer. We tried everything. We did absolutely every possible research. We exhausted all the possible outcomes, but the results are not conclusive by my book. And you become a bestseller. It's the best, I think, mm-hmm. gig in the world. And I love yeah. this because our country is so great that allows us to have this kind mm-hmm. of thinking. That's right. I like that. And it's, it's, it's open be- forum. It's open forum because don't just listen to me because I'm so great or have all the answers, but rather seek your answers. And thanks, John. So let me go back to the statistics. You yeah. wanted to add something or no? Well, I just wanted to say I'm intrigued as to how in the world they came up with the statistic okay. to begin with and what was their motivation for saying so. And probably more than likely it was to point out that maybe they tend to think that there needs to be a greater emphasis on what you do with your body. Yes. But on the other hand, if, what does that say then about people like you and me who are not... We're speaking right mm-hmm. now, and we're communicating right mm-hmm. now. Nobody can see our faces. They might be able to look at a picture. That's right. But they don't see us engaged. They don't see but our gestures. But we speak with, with our hands. We speak with our eyes, with our faces, with our lips, mm-hmm. with our entire face, with entire body and feet and legs and torsos. But how are you going to get people to listen to you if they can't see your actions? And that's where I think your voice plays. Your voice is your voice. It is the yeah. key factor in this audio. And, and we will get to that as well. But I want to address that statistic that is well known is one of my favorite movies hitch i don't know if you ever seen that was will smith even no, in the movie hitch they I, have yeah, talked I, about the statistic i like that will smith <laughs> he's amazing now this study about seven percent of the messages communicated through words comes from a research experiment that was conducted in the late 1960s in the united states by the professor Albert Mirabian from him I have heard of. Yes. You he's a now retired from UCLA. He conducted a limited research studies in the area of interpersonal communication that that was affected with emotional content. A subject was reading words from page 
And sometimes words were not congruent with the body language. And we as human species are wired to believe body language every time. And the results of that study was that when there's an incongruency between words and body language, we believe body language every time. Now, I'm going to throw something in yeah. here. And the reason why I say it is because we all are familiar with polygraphs. Yes. Lie detector tests, <laughs> which they, that's the device that utilizes the heartbeat, the blood pressure, different types of emotions and impulses that come from how our body responds exactly. to a particular question yes. or how our body reacts when we answer a particular yes. question. And they, the science of it obviously has gotten to the point where it has a strong indicator, but it says it indicates that you're not being truthful. It never yeah. says you're outright lying. It's just yes. that the... Yes. Now, on Fox Television, just a few short years ago, yes. there was briefly a series on TV. Yes. I think it was on maybe at the most for two years. Right. I was immediately drawn to it because I enjoyed, number one, uh, crime-type movies that mm-hmm. deal with solving crimes. Mm-hmm. It's another reason why, for example, I enjoyed Numbers on CBS for many years mm-hmm. because of the crime-solving concept of using math. Yes. But here it was different. The central character was not a law enforcement officer, but he was a a psychological expert Uh in the field of body language, in the field particularly of facial expression. And I guess evidently the premise was he understood facial expressions and other types of tics and twitches and movements and gestures or body language which gave him as he's observing the individual answering a particular question and responding or whatever gave him the ability to turn and say this individual is lying this individual is this 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 and this because these are the signs that were present and there was even scientific data shown where he put a screen up on the TV and showed different types of facial expressions. And what made it even more interesting was that often, as part of the story, they use the pictures of people that we know that are famous today in this country, politicians, actors, actresses. So what he was doing was he was actually mimicking those particular facial expressions to these particular things, whether it was a lie or whether it was mm-hmm. a truth. Yes. And the television series was called Lie to Me. Lie that's, to Me. That's an excellent show. I enjoyed it. I didn't have a chance to be a fan of the show. I only watched it maybe one episode. But, but you know it's a body language show. It's, 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 it's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's the premise to which you are right. There's, there's a psychologist communication expert who is so good at detecting, understanding, and have a catalog of facial expressions in, in a field of criminal and trying to understand who telling the truth and who is not. There are experts who are trained and who've been trained for years to get to that level of expertise. However, that show is just that. It's a show. And it only touches, and it's entertainment value. I don't think it's accurate that you can create, it's not a field of study. If you were serious about facial expressions and body language, I think you need to spend time learning about it. But that show, one of the main characters was based on a real person. Mm -hmm. The real person is Paul Ekman. He's a PhD. He's a psychologist. U.S. psychologist that was born in 1934. 
Now, he discovered something interesting in the late 60s. He discovered something called micro-expressions. Micro-expressions is such fleeting expressions on your face. For example, if somebody is laughing or smiling, but then there's this micro-expression that goes through the face and it goes so quick, it's not detectable by our conscious mind. But by our, the unconscious. It is detectable by the unconscious. Because That nothing, goes to what I talk about, about the field of vision and yes. what your mind is seeing but you don't notice. Yeah. Nothing Continue. escapes unconscious mind. But these micro-expressions, they last one twentieth of a second. Now, I'm it is almost undetectable. I'm but I, I want right to continue with that. Because yes. I'm, and the reason why I said that is because this ties into yeah. it. As you know, I'm a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell. Yes, he's awesome. And in his book, Outliers, Malcolm yes. talks about that very subject where they observe individuals mm-hmm. by virtue of a conversation taking place between an individual that has a very compelling personality mm-hmm. and someone who wants to find out why that individual has such a compelling personality. And what he did in those interview processes is that they videotaped them. Yes. And they kept the camera focused upon the Mm -hmm. speaker. Mm -hmm. And as the speaker was taking the individual through, two things happened. The micro expressions, when you break it down to that 120th of a second, reflected specific tendencies or nuances that to the subconscious mind of the listener opened up that doorway to that adaptive unconscious that we have and suddenly we see ourselves drawn to this individual or repelled by them and what I found fascinating about it was this is something that we can't control That's, that's exactly right we cannot control how we truly truly feel about the situation we can mimic we can masquerade and we can camouflage what we feel through the face however our deepest and the most truest belief and feeling about situation person or conversation will leak out Mm -hmm. either through a micro expression through torso through hands and through feet body you cannot force your body to think one way when it, reality is something else. And micro-expressions, this discovery by Paul Ekman, have led to Paul Ekman's contribution to create a catalog. A catalog of every possible facial expression that is available in humans. He called this facial action coding system. It's intense, it's deep, it is available. And if you're in the field of surveillance or security or if you just want to become a better better expert in understanding the interaction between humans, you will learn it. Now, in my research, one of people in my audience have asked me about autistic children and people who are in autistic spectrum and how does that, because some of them, some of the people who are afflicted with that condition cannot quickly or intuitively or even clearly understand or relate to people when there's emotional content. However, their studies have been done. When you can take someone who has autistic on the spectrum condition and you teach them and you train them and you share with them about micro expressions, something amazing happens. Their ability to understand emotion and see people increases because of the training. 
And that was a revelation to me, John, which I did not know before. But somebody from the audience asked me, and I specifically went and seeked out answers. So it's not lost. Even if you feel that you cannot understand other people's emotions and body language mm-hmm. and facial expressions, if you take the time and intention to train yourself and see and recognize over time, your ability will become better. And that is good news for everyone. And you mentioned, too, that since it's not considered to be necessarily a field of formal study, it, well, how is it? Psychology is. Well, yeah, but well, this, this, communication this, micro, is. This, commu- this type of communication uh-huh. and micro-expressions, yeah. what is it about Ekman that brought him into the field of wanting to do this? Uh, yeah. what, how does a person suddenly become a micro-expression specialist? <laughs> this is an amazing question. How does uh, you don't wake up when you're in first grade and think to yourself, "I'm going to be a microexpression specialist." Yes. Well, it's it's something that he discovered. How now, Paul Ekman has an interesting story. One of if two if you want to understand where he came from, you have to go into his past. Uh-huh, of course. From what we know, that growing up when Paul Ekman was a little boy, he had a father was very abusive and also was prone to fits of rage and violence at a moment's notice. Now, Paul tried to watch, anticipate, and understand the moods of his father, his face, his body, so he can anticipate when the beating or abuse was coming. And also he did something else for Mr. Ekman. It made him angry. Oh, yeah. It made him angry and it set him on a course to understand the communication and what, how would... Anger. Anger is a common emotion associated with pain. Yes. And furthermore, when he um, became a grown man, he chose to be in the field of, to make contribution in the field of psychology. Mm -hmm. And specifically, he was conducting or making training videos for psychiatric patients. It's funny though, because... He's angry, so you would almost want to say to him, physician, heal thyself. Yes. There is more to the story. As he was doing the research in the late 60s, um, how to help psychiatrists to deal with certain conditions of the patients, he came across a woman who was trying to convince the physicians and mental health counselors that she was doing okay when she was in a psychiatric facility. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. She said, okay, I would like to get a weekend pass because I'm better, I'm cured, I'm happy. And she smiled all throughout the presentation, all throughout her interview. Now, when she secured that pass, when she went home, that weekend, she attempted suicide. Mm. And then Paul said, huh, what is going on here? She fooled everyone. She was so genuine and happy and smiling. But then, luckily, they had a videotape of her interview. And he was able to see it frame by frame, second by second. And he discovered micro-expressions. That in the middle of her smiling, there was one facial expression that was in direct contradiction to everything she was saying. So subtle. So twentieth of a second. Now, it's not detectable by human eye. But if you train yourself, if you understand what, you know, wrinkling of the nose or brows um, dropping, 
<laughs> like are you doing right now? Or smiling, or you're doing the Duchesne smile. You know the Duchesne smile? Is when What's the Duchesne smile? It's 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 in honor of a scientist who lived a century ago. He discovered something called Duchesne smile. This is in G B Duchesne. Now, when people smile, sometimes we smile with our mouth. Mm-hmm. But a true, genuine smile is when you smile, not just with your mouth, but with your eyes. Mm-hmm. That See that? You have wrinkles around the eyes. And that is very difficult to fake. And that's what is called Duchesne smile. And it's something you can think yeah, about. Yeah, you have so, to have that emotion to be able to yeah, do that. Yeah, That emotion's got to be there. Absolutely. And creating that emotion, it's... It's just next to impossible. Yeah. Well, it's, but it does remind me of people who act. Yes, we do. We do talk about acting, and I know this episode, this podcast episode, is moving very fast because we have a lot of information, and we'll continue this series about being a person of influence through body language mm-hmm. in a high stakes situations. I do want to share with the audience that one of the most important things you can do for yourself and your contribution to your workplace and the society is. Figure out what is your objective. What is your objective? How, do you want to have this relationship go forward or do you want to go backwards? Second is, are you open? Are you mm, open yeah. to have a dialogue Receptive. versus the monologue? Right. Eager I, to engage. Eager to engage. And also, if you want to create the most impact at the high-stake situations... Before you enter the room, take time, first of all, to breathe. Yes. And do deep breathing from your diaphragm, from, from your belly. Deep yep. breathing through your nose, through your mouth. The but only way to fill your lungs up is to breathe with the diaphragm. For a few minutes. And do it every day. Mm-hmm. Because when, it, when the moment is right, you can recall that emotion. You just breathe for a few minutes. You activate in your brain the hormones that will give you higher performance. But before you go into the very important meeting, high-stakes situation, recall an emotion. Recall an emotion where you were a winner. Maybe you won a trophy at the school, or maybe a competition, or maybe you awarded the first prize, or maybe you fell in love, or somebody told you they love you, and focus on that emotion. Focus on the emotion. Whatever, whatever gives you strength, you have to know yourself. Focus on that emotion just for a few minutes. Talk to somebody you love. Maybe have them record a message on your phone where they tell you how much they love you, how much they appreciate you, or how much they believe you. And you have a total rapport with that person. Listen to that. Close your eyes. Think about that emotion. Recall that emotion. Allow yourself to feel the moment. Continue breathing. And then go in. It's true that if you don't have that emotion you can't be objective and you can't be open as much as you could be otherwise yes because if you are in the least bit doubting yourself you create a subjective situation where you're looking at their responses and you're looking for all the wrong signals yes and we can focus on other people emotions facial expression gestures we will We'll address it in this next episode because this this particular episode is coming to a close. And I can't believe how time flies because this is the area of expertise. Well, that's what happened with us when we saw your presentation this past Saturday. You had a 40-minute venue there to work <laughs> within. But I want to make a, a point to the listeners. 
this was a room that was almost completely full. They had to turn people away. And they had to turn people away. And I would say probably there were in that uh, little mini auditorium close to 100 people. And Mark, as is classic Mark, had been open Mm -hmm. to allow people to ask questions Mm -hmm. and to offer comments and ideas. And that created a situation where Mark got into a lot of deep material. And most of it tied very nicely with where you were going on body language. But you even ran out of time then because there were places that you once wanted to touch on you couldn't get to because you were compelled to stop. So the idea of you coming back uh-huh. in the next podcast yes. and picking up where we left off Absolutely. is exciting because I know, that just based upon what I heard Saturday, that there's more information here that we should be hungry Well, this information to. is practical. It's evidence-based, research-based, which I will cite the sources and mm-hmm. provide this information. Yeah. And it's helpful to a leader somebody who leads you cannot lead anyone if you don't lead yourself first and we know from john maxwell all leadership is influence so you have to influence and lead yourself first then you can lead effectively others you can lead with purpose Mm -hmm. and you can achieve your goals this is the purpose of this podcast is to share information the best practices the hacks some people call it or something that is works over and over again it's a strategy anywhere in the world what i will talk about next time is one of my favorite social researchers that have put me on this journey her name is amy cuddy she gave one of ted talks a few years ago which have led to a book and instant fame for her her book is called presence bringing your boldest self to your biggest challenges her ted talk about body language is maybe second or third most watched most viewed ted talk just Hmm. if you could google amy a-m-y cuddy c-u-d-d-y amy cuddy says your body changes your mind your mind changes your behavior your behavior changes your outcomes and i will go deeper into that and specific practices and strategies that you can use that's exciting to think about and i'll also mention specific open body language gestures such as spider doing push-ups in the mirror mm-hmm, yeah, penguin I've seen, I've seen you do that i'll do the t-rex and then i will reveal the cheeses posture yes it is something that is so effective that if you master it if you understand it but don't abuse it you will establish a rapport anywhere in the world with any audience and i will go exactly how to do that in the most subtle and effective way wow at the next episode wonderful yes so thanks everyone for listening i do encourage you to share this podcast on with your friends anyone do you think who is this is valuable and remember this podcast is for you this is community this is john and i are the stewards the captains or the pilots But you are the most important ingredient of this. Reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook. Um, Also, all of this podcast will be available as video on a Speak Brave channel. And you can watch our faces as we talk through and how we bring this podcast to life. It's available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. 
And I love to hear from you. Thank you for being part of this journey. And John, I'll see you next time. I look forward to it. And don't forget to speak brave. See you next time.